Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Gary Armstrong and today I'm joined by Anthony Haggerty and Liam Bryce to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, we look ahead to Sunday's Crunch Derby match, who will Brendan Rodgers start and his team at Hamden, and will the hoops continue on the path to a double treble? Also, we'll ask, should Brendan Rodgers be Manager of the Year? So we're going to actually start off looking back um, to Celtic's victory, another victory uh, against Hamilton this time. But again, Liam, it was an underwhelming performance. Again, against 10 men, you might say they struggled a bit to, to get more goals. It was. It was a wee bit... It looked a wee bit jaded at times. Uh, and I think, I think Brendan Brent Rodgers actually admitted uh, we had a story online today where he said that it one of those games that it was a bit of a bore for the supporters. Uh, they, I, I think they getting that early goal. So in the second half, where Hamilton already down to ten men, Celtic two one up, it did kind of kill the game, and they were just it was just a case of seeing it through for Celtic after that. So it's uh, it's hard to you know it wasn't a great performance, but at this stage it's kind of all about just getting over the line in terms of getting these games. Out of the road, getting on to the big ones, you know, the, the semi-final, uh, possibly the final, depending on how how it goes at the weekend. It wasn't it wasn't a great performance, and it certainly wasn't a great spectacle. Um, but it all kind of kind of turned on that that red card, didn't it? I think that kind of spoiled the game a wee bit, I would say. And it was a ru- kind of routine, if not very inspiring performance from Celtic. Off to a great start as well. Cal McGregor, well, it could have been even earlier. Well, could have been do you know what? I think Dembele's chance set the tempo of the game. See, if he scores that, I think Celtic would be run-out convincing winners. You know, that kind of lackadaisical, lethargic way that he missed that, that opportunity. You know, and then Celtic laboured to the victory after that. And as Liam said, the, the goal early in the second half against 10 men, that was it. You didn't see Hamilton coming back from that. On the red card, that absolutely shocking red card. To be honest, I, you know, I don't think referees help themselves in those situations. Darren Lyon is fresh in the referee's mind, you know. But when you see the incident again, it's you know, you if you're going to be that pedantic, pull the two of them together and say, cut it out, you know. Yeah. Especially, especially Darren yeah. Lyon, you know, or else you will, you will go off. You don't react to, and 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 Kieran Tierney's not exactly blameless. Yeah. You know, if he's going to, if he sends Dan Lyon off, then Kieran Tierney probably merits a yellow card. You know, and I think Martin Cannon alluded to that afterwards. But yeah, I, I, again, it was one of those Celtic performances that have been quite frequent this season. Loads of laboured and struggled to find the back of the net. And as Liam says, the countdown now, they're just ticking them off, you know. So uh, it's not, it's not about, it's more about substance over style in terms of the, in terms of winning the league. 
at the moment, you know. In in terms of Dembele's um, sort of opening, was it fifteen second miss? Does that kind of sum him up at the moment? A wee bit, a wee bit lack of confidence. I mean, he, he would have just stuck that away. I think he's microcosmic of his kind of last few months, you know. Uh, just he looks like a player that's seemingly going through the motions. And again, and I've alluded to it many times on these pods, I think, like Sunday, that flicks his switch. Ibrox flicked his switch. He comes alive. He's got a great record for, against for big Rangers. games, yeah. he just comes alive. But the fans are wanting him to come alive every game. You know, you look at Lee Griffiths, he's not kicked a ball for months. Comes alive within 50 seconds of, you know, of coming, 57 seconds within coming, coming on, he scored the winning goal. You know, that that's what the supporters want from their Celtic strikers. You know, Edward's the same, flashes here and there, but they come alive in certain matches, and Sunday will be one of those occasions again. Yeah. I've got a mate who's uh, absolutely adamant that Dembele only turns up when the TV cameras are present, but I think maybe going with the performance at the weekend, somebody maybe forgot to tell him that the game was on <laughs> BT Sport. Whether, whether there's any truth in that, I don't know, but it is kind of it is alluding to it in that way that he just seems to switch on for big games, and He's just you wouldn't you wouldn't bet against him, you know, having a having a say at the weekend again and as he as he did at Ibrooks the other month and it's it's a it's a it's a strange thing with Dembele you, you ask there, oh is he is he back? Is he coming back? Is he you know, is he going through the motion? But it, it was a couple of weeks ago people were starting to talk about him. Oh, he's hitting top form again, he's back. Yeah, that's the he thing. He scored in the derby and then he rattled in that free kick for France under twenty ones and everybody's thinking, well, it's end of the season, big Musa's and he's passed for the winner as well. Uh-huh. Sublime, you know, exactly. Get that. You know, and so. then here we are a couple of weeks later thinking, oh, well, is he going back into that shell that he seems to he seems to go into at times? And it's again, as I said, there would you be surprised if he scored at the weekend? And well, I've said before, you don't win big games. You don't win a, a big move on big games alone. You've got to turn up. For the likes of, because a lot of people are watching how you do perform against the likes of Hamilton, Ross County, Thistles, teams like that. You know, and if you're doing it constantly week in, week out, the big games take care of themselves, you know, in terms of the likes of Dembele and Edward and players like that. You know? just, just on Griffiths, though, I mean, that was, as you alluded to, it was about 50, 55 <laughs> seconds. It's a really good header, well timed run, great cross from Scott Sinclair, but it's he it, it just looked like he was enjoying it. Didn't do you he? know the great thing about? Lee Griffiths, Lee Griffiths will be more than delighted at score. Just getting back in the groove, yeah. he's hitting the back of the net again. See for a striker and what that does for your confidence. And just a wee reminder to the manager: I'm still here. You know, yeah. I'm doing what I do best. Dug you out a hole. He dug them out a hole at Ross County away with a free kick and another game that Dunbelly was off off the boil. You know, so and you ask, you canvass the Celtic supporters. And they would have Lee Griffiths in the team every day over Dembele because he bursts his hump and he runs the channels and he's capable of creating something out of nothing. Dembele's more flair and can put, can put chances away. But, again, pops up with big goals and big games. So that's your argument and that's your that's what the manager has to decide on, on Sunday. Exactly, that's what I was going to say, Tony. And we'll come on to that shortly um, about who should start up front for Celtic uh, at Hamden. But j- just finally in the Hamilton game, I mean, what... Why do you think Celtics not struggle against ten men, but 
you know, really take advantage of, of playing against 10 men, as we saw against Motherwell with a 0-0 draw and again against Hamilton at the weekend. Is there an answer to it or is it a, a case of teams just sitting deep, soaking up the pressure and, and stopping Celtic from getting in behind Liam? Uh, oh, Brendan Rodgers, he can I, his take on it was uh, that you know, it's not always again. Well, you know, it's not always easy to to rattle five or six goals past a team that are down to ten men. And he kind of pointed to it as well. The, the 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 key to breaking down a team, whoever the man sent off, is you know, it's tempo. It's moving the ball quickly. It's shifting it side to side, playing at a high tempo. And he seemed to think that Hamilton's. He didn't blame. I'm not trying to say that. Rogers was blaming it entirely on this, but he thinks that the pitch at Hamilton isn't really kind of that plastic pitch isn't really conducive to playing high tempo, one two touch football. So I mean, you could ex- could be a, a reason for for um, the kind of you know the jadedness at the weekend. Yeah, sometimes wearing, the, the uh-huh. plastic pitches get a bit sticky and it's, yeah. the, the ball doesn't travel as well. Weren't weren't great against Motherwell, um, but I mean they're not the only team this season who have you know been kind of nullified by Motherwell's uh, sort of doggedness and the kind of togetherness that the Motherwell have. You also have the Ross County game at Parkhead a, a week ago. Um, Andrew Davis sent off and. Celtic had absolutely no problem breaking Ross County down. I know it's different on their home home turf, huge park, huge pitch, much more space to play in. Um, but I think it was that, that may just be like a kind of a mental thing. Is I mean that that goal within a minute of the second half starting, they kind of maybe knew at that point right where just setting first. You know, there's, there's no need to really go all out here. The greatest irony in all of this is that. Celtic coped with ten men themselves at Ibrooks. Yeah, coped very well. It coped very well. Rangers struggled. Celtic play Motherwell with ten men struggle. It's just a new fashion. Tony's you know, better uh, playing uh, football yeah, with ten men. Yeah, the, that chant. They are we only need ten men type thing, you know. So it's it's a strange one because it is. It's sometimes it's more difficult, you know. Managers have looked at that. I think Brendan himself have looked at that, you know. And, and uh, but it's team struggle certainly. Yeah, to break down. You know, but you can't deny that they're not been playing with the same, oh. verve and same verve. Things so moving on then, Sunday Scottish <laughs> Cup. What's happening? Semi final. Uh, well, 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 we'll find out shortly, Tony. But <laughs> we're going to get straight into it, and we're going to talk Brendan Rodgers. Try and get into the mind of Brendan Rodgers, or what you would do as Celtic manager. We're going to go through it position by position, okay. goalkeeper. Right, we've talked about this mostly before. Scott Bain's been very impressive. Craig Gordon obviously left out because there were fears for him on on the turf at Hamilton. Scott been very impressive at Ibrooks in the last game against Rangers, but do you have to go with Gordon, Tony? Do you know what? I I, I, I would be inclined to go with Bain. Yeah? Just because he's played the most football the two of them in the past few weeks in the run-up to this. And Bain's quite unflappable. I'm not saying Gordon's not the same, but uh, I don't know. I, I just feel that he's played more football and he's got used to the players now, so that he, he knows his position, he knows what he's doing. But uh, he loves Gordon, doesn't he? Brendan. So it wouldn't surprise me if Gordon starts, but 
I uh, my own inclination would be to just keep Ben where he is. What about you, Liam? I think he'll go with Gordon. Yeah, yeah, he's he's num- been his number one. Uh, no, he's been out, but you know, it's not not as if he'd be throwing him back in for his first game. I'm not taking away. I think Scott Bain's done really well, and it it wouldn't be a, a shock if he started. But I think he'll stick with his number one. I mean, I think probably Gordon will start, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it being a, a massive shock if Bain kept the jersey, you know. Well, it's not really a problem position at the moment, mm. in a sense, for Rodgers. Moving swiftly on to the defence then, gents. Oh. So, back three or back four? Well, well you you go first, Liam. It's, uh, well, we don't really know how Rodgers is going to go because he has varied it, but but for you, where does do, where do Celtic look strongest at the back? Uh, I think... I think he'll go back four. He's, he's tended to go back four against Rangers. Yeah, that seemed. I, I can't. Might be wrong, but I, I can't recall a game where he went three at the back against no. against Rangers. So that seems to be his go-to. Form. More settled. Yeah, more seems, tried and trusted. Ah, uh, seems to. If be, you can trust a Celtic defence at any given moment, you I, know? I, I think I'm dodging the big issue yeah. here by uh, just talking about whether he's going to go three or four. Uh, obviously, three or four can the uh, yeah, name, name them, Liam. No, obviously, come on. the the I think I think Christopher Ayer. I think he'll go with uh, the young man who's really emerged this season. Caught out a bit for Hamilton's goal at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, had his had his critics after yeah, that game. Had his critics, but I think on the main, he's 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 been very impressive. And he didn't. Um, uh, it wasn't a, wasn't a howler. He got caught out positionally at the weekend. It's not as if he's made a possible you know, handball actually. Well, I I there was that argument. It would have been harsh, but it's after uh, what happened the last time. Does he does he stick with Boyata? Well, that was a that was a debate on the back page show on on Monday. Tony Boyata obviously had a bit of a, a shocker at Ibrooks, but you know that the quality is there, the strength is there. I mean, you talked before about him needing to be more like Bobo Baldi, which was a really interesting comparison. Yeah. It's a case of that, isn't it? Just defend first if he does start. And and you know the funny thing is that Rangers have thrown a spanner in the dimension here, but. Kenny Miller. Mm. Kenny Miller's a kind of guy that Celtic defenders hate. You know what I mean? And I know he's 38 and there's all sorts of... But if Kenny Miller plays, Kenny Miller will give him problems. Because of and, his energy. And, yeah, yeah. And and if you're Rangers, you you would pummel Boyata from the very off and just say, Kenny Miller, go up against him. See, see what you can get. You know, and Kenny Miller's done it before to bigger and stronger defenders, mm. you know, and... And Boyata, Boyata should be a, a towering presence at the back of the pack there. You know, and, he, and the level he's played, he's played for Man City, he's a Belgian at that club. I've said it before, he should be a much more commanding presence at the back of that pack. You should have a confidence in your own ability. You should be striding the Scottish League like a colossus, saying, look at me, look how good I am. And I don't know what's happened to Boyata in the past few weeks, but he, he's playing like a player that's bereft of confidence. And Ibrook showed you that within three minutes. You know, the, the sim- you're taught at school. The stands are there Rose for a head. reason, you know. Especially if, if you're indecisive and, and you're not playing at the top of your game and there's maybe a crisis of confidence. You know, 
and I've all, I've said on this, what do I want my defenders to do? Head the ball when it's in the air, and if it comes near them on the ground, clear it. We work in finesse and skill later. We can't all be Ronald Koeman in defence. We just can't, you know. But see, if you do the basics, then there's a, there's a, there's a high percentage and high chance that you, you'll win your individual battle. So you talked about Boyata having the confidence. Would you have confidence in him starting at Hamden on Sunday? Do you think he is? The, we're agreed on Ayer, but is he... I think the manager will instill him with confidence. You he, know, he might to, not, he yeah, to. he might not uh, fill the supporters with confidence, but he has to tell them, listen, you don't function. The double treble could be up the spout here, you know, and get it in his head that he's a big, important player and just do the things that he's telling them, yeah. then they'll, they'll be fine. And, and I'm not saying he's a bad player because he's shown his qualities he's, before. Has. You know, yeah, from an attacking sense as well. I mean, he's scored a header yeah, at Ibrox yeah, last season. He's a as a professional, people were talking the last time. I know the Morelos' biggest contribution to the game the last time was a miss, but there was people kind of talking that you know Morelos sort of bullied him a wee bit at times. And as a professional, well, boy, I'll be like, well, I'm going to show that. Yeah, I want to show that you know I, that that's not the case. I'm There's not a chance to, to redeem himself. If, if not, he should be. Uh-huh. Aye, I know exactly. If yeah. not, he he should be. And you know, if if Rogers. You know, it could be a boost for Bayata if Rogers maintains his faith in him and says, "No, I'm gonna, you know, you're going in again." Because I, I, I believe that the last time, you know, that's not, you know, kind of representation of how good or how bad a player you are. I've got faith in you for this huge game. So, but it beggars the question: Why was Marvin Comper brought in? Yeah, this has come you up um, a bit this week. So he's he's rarely featured a million pound, I believe Tony spent on him. Do you, do you have any inside information as to why he's not getting more of a look in? I always go on the fact that these guys, the manager watches these these players in training every day, right? So there's something there. He gave them, what, an hour against Morton, was it? Ahead of Ibrooks, when people thought he was going to get pitched in there, the same way he pitched in Scott Bain. But there's something... By all accounts, he OK against the Championship team, but he did... He did fine against Martin. Yeah. You know, there wasn't but, anything to, to turn you away from him. You know, and going back to the manager's record domestically, it's been pretty imperious. So you trust his judgment on that, you know? And uh, and I don't know what the situation is with Compare, but he's certainly clearly not done enough to convince the manager that he's worth a starting slot. And in a game of this magnitude with a potentially historic double treble at stake, that would be the ultimate... A domestic gamble, and it would be the ultimate by, put by down Vendor to Rogers. Bayata if of he did course, score for, yeah. for compare over him. So, so we're fairly settled then. Ayer and Bayata, the likely centre half pairing. Tierney left back, Lustig right back. Yeah, it's I, been the go-to, hasn't it? So yeah, that's, that has been the go-to. But I think Mikel Lustig has shown signs of weariness and fatigue, and yeah, you that, know, and just switching off at times and concentration, and he's. And he's not the solid, reliable type that he has been in the past couple of seasons. And, you know, it, another sus- suspect and weak link, I think, in the in the Celtic team, which Rangers could possibly exploit. Yeah, maybe with Windass, if he plays down the left. I mean, the, yep. the accusation has been labelled um, at Lustig a few times this season. But we'll move on to the midfield. So, 
several options. Uh, Tony's looking forward to this one. There might be an Australian player who <laughs> pops up we may have an opinion on. Scott Brown, a certainty. I think you might go with Brown. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. <laughs> you get money on that? Uh, well, I I'm not that confident, but right. I, I think you might go with Scott Brown. Okay, well, that, that would be... Capitano. Absolutely, that would be a safe bet. So, Brown, after that, are we certain about anyone? I, I think he... Do you know what? In these kind of games, he likes Callum McGregor. Yeah. Right? Good record. Callum, yeah, good record and big games scoring. And, but he's always a forward thinker, Callum McGregor. Whenever he receives the ball, he's he's moving forward. Yeah, he's, he's, ver- he's been very passes. creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, you know, Sham he might bring in to, to store things up. You know, Armstrong, creative, another creative type, you know, so you might fancy that. Or again, going back to my favourite person of all time, Tom Rogic, but Tom's got a cracking record in big games, and he likes Hamden. He's scored many times at Hamden, so, so you know. So Tony, are you admitting that Tom Rogic should start? I'm not saying he should start, but I, I'm <laughs> I'm saying I will understand the reasons if he does start because he he, he can produce, big, he big has goals, produced big, big goals, goals in big, big games, big moments. and again, this is another another big game where they might need uh, such moments, but. I think he'll maybe he likes McGregor as I've, I've alluded to, you know, and in these games he's got a decent record against Rangers as well, Callum McGregor, and I think he'll want Sham for the safety factor because they'll need protection. That back four will need protection. Yeah, Brown you know, and Brown and, and Sham will be the, you know, the, the kind of safety valves. You know, depends what two he feels are creative, McGregor and Armstrong or McGregor and Rogic. I think it's per many two from those three. Yeah, yeah. Well, Armstrong has been. I, I certainly think he's been in impressive form recently. Just that kind of driving from midfield, that from number eight to number ten, uh-huh. ball on the edge of the box, having a shot or creating a chance. I, I think he's likely to start. I'm I'm kind of inclined to agree. I think obviously there's so many options for that area of the park and so many guys who all offer something a wee bit different to the other one, which is obviously a great problem to have for Brendan Rodgers, but I'm thinking Armstrong might get I don't know who else, but I think Armstrong might get an odd in that I think when you look at Rangers one of the the key criticisms of them in recent weeks is how easily they seem to be getting overrun in midfield Guys, he saw it at Motherwell, especially for the second goal. It was Alan Campbell. He just ran straight past Graham Dorans in behind. And that kind of running power in midfield seems to give Rangers problems because they don't, they've not really been going with a like a traditional sitting, holding midfielder. Greg Doherty's not really that kind of yeah, player. Neither is Dorans. You might see Ross McCrory coming in. I, I don't know, but that's a problem for... The Rangers for the Rangers podcast, yeah, uh, they can deal with that one. But I think that I could see the sense in playing Armstrong for his for There's his running. Plenty power. of legs there. There's, That's there the thing, and you need legs at Hamden. Plenty it's of running in McGregor. Wide as well, spaces so. at Hamden, exactly. And again, getting back to what I've touched on with Roger, you know, he plays bit parts, doesn't he? So does he give him the hour? Produce something special? Does he give him the half hour after they find themselves chasing to say? produce a moment of magic if you can so I think he might it's, 
changing circumstances for Rodrigo, mm. I think, possibly, mm. on Sunday. Uh, and what about there's the al- so sorry, there's also a, a kind of psychological element with Armstrong. This is a guy who's not, he's been out for a while and he's not made as big an impact as he has yeah. last season, but we've seen him in recent weeks. He looks a bit more like the, the player he's, um, that we kind of grew accustomed to him being last season. So there could be an element of, you know, this is your, this is your moment to to go out and make a big impact this yeah, season. Yeah, you, you could foresee the likes of Stuart Armstrong possibly hitting a winner. Yeah, he's going to be, having been out, he's going to be desperate to kill Or Rogic. Or Rogic, uh, yes, yeah, exactly. Do you foresee that, Tony? Anything's possible with Tom <laughs> Rogic, to be fair. I mean, I, 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 I don't dislike him, I just think he's capable of producing a lot more, but on these occasions, I have to hold my hand up and say he's never let Celtic down. What, what about the wide men then? So we talked about possibility of Rogic, McGregor, Armstrong, probably two from three out of them, would you say? Yeah. Forrest has got to be a starter, doesn't he? Well, people are saying that James Forrest is a potential player of the year, which up until just after Christmas I would have said would have been a stick on, but he's, I don't know, he's kind of... Slightly below that level. the past couple of months, you know, and he's not been of, you know... Not set the high standard in the last couple of months that he has for the, the, the rest of the season. And had Patrick Roberts been fully fit, I think Patrick Roberts would have played a bigger part yeah. after Christmas. Uh, big gamble playing Patrick Roberts? Probably not. The fans probably would prefer to see Roberts because they just, he's an exciting player and uh, they, he's a bit of a fan's favourite and they want to see more of him, you know. So, but that's, again, that's down to the manager, but he's kind of. He's kind of tried and tested with Forrest, back yeah. to what Liam said, you know, so wouldn't surprise me if Forrest started with Forrest Roberts off, being the impact yeah. man. Forrest offers you a bit more going back the way as well. Rangers yeah. are obviously... They're, they're big threat, it's, it's usually down, down the way. Yeah. It's and Tavernier. Uh, so I think Tony might be right, you might see Roberts later on, fired yeah. legs. Uh, big space. Big spaces, huge pitch at Hamden, obviously, and as I say, Forrest is... He's kind of got the pedigree for these games and he does offer you a bit more going back the way as well as offering a lot going. And bearing in mind, Roberts has got his own demons in that particular game when he missed an absolute sitter. Yeah. And Ronnie Dyler's Celtic team, you know, the open goal, and which I think still haunts him to this day. So if Roberts gets the chance, I'm sure he'll want to make amends for that one, you know. Yeah, there's a few players that were a point to prove. Mo- moving on to the, the forward areas then, so this might be, you know, the million dollar question. Griffiths or Dumbelli, or both? Or Edward? I think he'll start with Dumbelli. You yeah. know, I think it's... I think he brought Lee Griffiths in last week, again, with having Lee Griffiths with the impact player in mind. You know, if Dumbelli has one of his, you know... Shrug of the shoulders games after an hour, whatever. You know, throw on Griffiths if he if he needs to or if they need a goal, you know. But uh, what what a weapon to bring on. Yeah, I you, know? you sense that Griffiths is the guy that if he's left on the bench he's really motivated to, of course, to prove yeah. a point. And then and the thing is with, with Griffiths, Griffiths is the ultimate team player. You know? He's 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 came on, he's He's had his wee kind of verbal spats for time for how he wasn't happy to come off, but the manager spoke to him and you seen him laughing soon as and probably told him this is a team game, Lee, just you know, watch it, you know, I know what I'm doing and can't argue with that, but 
I think he's kind of knuckled down and, and he'll be ready to play his part. He wants to play his part. And I think as a, as a manager, that's brilliant. You've got a striker who's capable of brilliance in Dembele at any given stage. But see if he's not, then you've got a guy who's Equally. desperate to burst at the traps and play his part in, in another successful season for Celtic. So, but, and then you've got Edouard, another who can show the occasional flash of brilliance as well. So it's a real embarrassment of Richie's there, which which you feel Celtic have got the edge in that sense. You know, they've got game changers on the park and game changers on the bench, which... It's more depth, really. Yeah. 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 And you've not even mentioned Charlie Masonda. No, I haven't mentioned Charlie Masonda you know? because I think it's unlikely. Yeah. He could feature later on as a sub, unlikely well, to me. Possibly, but that, that's what I mean. So this, this highly rated kid for Chelsea is not even in the picture or the frame at the moment. Yeah. But these are the kind of games that throw up unlikely heroes. That's very true. Yeah. So Masonda could well come on and play some kind of cameo and do something. So I wouldn't know that. What about Scott Sinclair? He's he's probably the most talked about player, even above Tom Rogic, on this podcast this season. Did, would you start him? No. Oh, okay. No, I don't think Bo- so. Bold call. <laughs> I think he dropped him for the the last the last derby, and I know he set up the the winner at the weekend, but I, I still didn't think he he had that great a game. Sinclair, he just doesn't just doesn't look like a player who's. I know we we keep going over it, but he, yeah. he's still he's he's not he's bereft of confidence. Uh-huh, yeah, I mean, I don't like, want to just keep you know. <laughs> he can't be relied upon at the moment. That's the bottom line. I think that's uh, and this game's the magnitude of this game's massive for Celtic. Right, so I think we've, we've reached somewhat of a settled team. You've got Gordon and goal, uh, Tierney left back, right back, Lustig, Iron Boyata, Browning and Cham. After that, we're looking at Forrest. Strong McGregor, Forrest. And, and, and that leaves one person then. Does it? Yeah, no, you're spot on. Four five Thank one. You, yes. <laughs> I was ta- talking about I was talking about how good it is these days playing with, with, with ten, 10 men. Exactly. Oh, right. uh, okay. Okay. So more generally then, Tony, for you, where's this game gonna be won and lost? It's gonna be won and lost in the midfield to front areas. You know? Celtic I, I say this and I've said it for a a wee while now, that we're in a moment and period in Scottish football history we're just we're Celtic are just stronger than Rangers you know they're a better team and have better players that won't stay that won't stay ad infinitum but at this moment in time and there's a big game mentality about the Celtic players at the moment stemming from their manager who was a quality operator so and I just think that Celtic hold the edge now in these ties and there's an interesting one that if Celtic do win That'll be 10 games in a row, and that'll be the longest domestic sequence or the longest sequence that any of Celtic Rangers have gone uh, winning and, and not winning. I don't know if you were aware is it, of that. Is it undefeated? As uh, it must be undefeated. Well, I undefeated, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is quite, quite a record, actually. I, I believe Rangers did nine up until Celtic played them in the Scottish Cup in 96, 97. Need to check the years, but I think it's in Decanio and Malcolm McKay scored a 2 0 win at Celtic Park, and Rangers were on nine games undefeated. That would have been 10 
Celtic stopped it. So another potential record for Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, then. yeah, and and, and uh, you know it's just different things like that at the moment that Celtic are, are racking up and clocking up, you know. And but I just think they're the stronger team. But I, it's a Rangers Celtic Rangers Celtic game. You cannot write off Rangers. This is their season hinges on this, you know, in terms of success and uh, silverware. You know, they'll want to finish second, of course they will, uh, but they'll feel that there's, there'll be a massive effort going into this on Sunday from Rangers. The question I was really wanting to ask both of you is, who's the pressure more on here, Celtic or Rangers? Because it's, it's this, you know, double treble, Celtic are expected to win, they're the favourites, they've got the better team. Marty's obviously under pressure. Pressure's still on Rangers to go and knock Celtic off that pedestal on their perch, you know, and and show that they can go toe-to-toe with them, you know, and and, uh, stop that kind of ten-in-a-row record. Yeah, I think the pressure... And the pressure's going to remain on Rangers until they find a way yeah. to beat Celtic. And I think the manner in which they lost the last time, having the man advantage leading twice in the game and they still couldn't get the job done, I think that just heaps more pressure on uh, on Rangers and it's going to stay that way until they find a way to, I, I think so. to beat I think Celtic. Celtic are in Rangers' heads now. It's almost, you know, it's, it's become a quest, you know, it's not any other game anymore. It's a, there's a real kind of, you know, determination about them, and they they thought that the last game at Ibrox was their their big big chance, and it was their big big chance. They had all the momentum. You know? mean, if you remember going back to the draw for this game, the line from Marty after it was yeah, the yeah. players were cheering in the dressing room. And I made the point at the time that I thought that was Seems naive like management. Ago, <laughs> I thought that was naive management in the extreme. You keep that in house. You keep it indoors. Yeah, nothing Cheer wrong. All with you it, want nothing wrong. Completely, and utterly. Why wouldn't you? You know. But again, going back to it, if Rangers get the result, then the, the cheers will have been worth it. They'll 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 turn and say, "We told you so. We felt that we could do this this time." But uh, they have to try and match Celtic because Celtic have got big game players, big game mentality. And more often than not, have produced Hamden, Ibrox, Parkhead. So it doesn't really matter where in the past nine games, you know, Celtic have been, what, two draws? Seven ones, two draws. Brendan Rodgers' record, one each and a nil now. So that's, that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. So if you're talking about pressure, it's, it's, it's most certainly on Rangers. Yeah, Celtic, I think, the players are probably maybe putting a wee bit of pressure on themselves. Yeah. Because they'll they'll have heard you know people saying oh they're not the same team they were last season they're not they're not been as good this and that so they'll want to go out at a big stage and you know show that you know we've, we we are still we're still as good as we were last year. What the chance to make history, Gary, as well. You know, double treble Rangers were the game the closest United beat them in ninety four. You know, in the Scottish Cup final, but that the, these chances don't come around very often. You know, so they'll want to take another stride closer to that. You talked about Marty and naive management, I think was your phrase. So Rogers, as we alluded to earlier, came out and said Celtic were boring against Hamilton. Is this clever management? Is this a motivational 
factor for the players? Very much so. Yeah, of course it is. You know, I think it's also just to shake them out of their lethargy. You know, which we've touched on a few times in the pod and various results mm-hmm. this season. There's been a lethargy about them. No zap, no verve, no. You know, so, you know that, and I think, but again, I go back to it. In games like this, they've they've never struggled, or they don't usually struggle. So how yeah, I think that those comments from Rogers that th- there was part of it was talking about it was in reference to the sort of circumstances of the game, the sending off. But I think maybe maybe I don't want to be too much into it. But he he said it was a bore for the supporters. So that's maybe a you know. So we something is just a wee, yeah. It's, it, it, you could say that it might be quite a deliberate choice of words. Uh, so, and, and to remind the players that they're paying money to be entertained, yeah, the supporters, entertain, and there's, there's a duty for the players to turn up. You know, like some Musan guys, <laughs> you have to turn up. You people talk about you have to earn the right to win games. There's there's a true phrase because you have to turn up and yeah. earn that right. You know, and I think he was just no rattling their cage a wee bit on that one. So moving on to your your favourite. Moment of the podcast, gents. Uh, I'll go to Liam first. Predictions. <laughs> oh. um, how's it, how's the game going to pan out? How do you see it unfolding, Liam? Uh, I think I think Celtic will win two 0 Two 0 They'll keep a clean sheet. I, I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh God. Uh, hopeless at these. Hopeless. Two words, dead with my hat. Yeah, I I forgot about the big man. Um, now I do th- I do think Celtic will win. I think that that, that last game was. The big chance for Rangers to get one over on them, and and maybe a big motivational factor to Celtic. Say, let's not yeah. get ourselves in that situation again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I think, as Tony said, Celtic are in their heads. Rangers a wee bit, and it's not. I know they, you know, four 0 one for Rangers last weekend, but they've not been in great form heading into this. Um, but I mean, at the same time, they'll know that this is their season. This game, this is it. Uh, I know they're still you know pushing to finish second, but it's a trophy that Rangers really want. And but again, getting back to it, I think I think Celtic will just have too much. Tony, where will your money be going on this weekend? I think Celtic will have too much for them as well. I, I just think they're, they're bigger, better, and stronger at, at this at this juncture. I'll say three-one Celtic. I'll give Rangers a goal. Okay, and. I'm aware that uh, the two of you have got to get back to your desks and do some uh, proper work shortly, but there's <laughs> one thing I wanted to touch on. Uh, Record Sport Online did uh, an article uh, a couple of days ago, I believe, Liam, looking mm-hmm. at who should the manager of the year be. So plenty of candidates in there, like so Steve Clark, Jack Ross, even David Hopkin, Neil Lennon, but also Brendan Rogers. So should Brendan Rogers be manager of the year for you, Liam? Uh, he wouldn't get my vote, no. Uh, I mean, it seems strange to to talk about a manager who's on course to make history as not being the manager of the year. But it's a difficult one, isn't it? Really, it is, is not. Is I just think maybe it's the fact that Celtic have been so visibly not as good as they were last season, and there's just I mean, not not taking anything away really, but there's just another story this season in Scottish football that I think kind of eclipses it a wee bit, and that's. Steve Clark and Kilmarnock. I think he's the man for, 
for that award, in my opinion. Well, you visited Mr. Clark earlier today, Tony, for the Manager of the Month. Third in a row. Third in a row, exactly. We'd, so who would get your vote? I and think, should, it, should it be Rogers? I think there's two outstanding candidates this year. And for me, it's Steve Clark and Neil Lennon in that order. Yeah. And it is incredible that you're not talking about Brendan Rogers when he could uh, win a historic double treble. But the problem with that is the votes are cast before we know yeah. the the outcome. You know, and if Rogers goes on to win a double treble, then people might look silly. But I think you've got to say, Steve Clark, if you're going to talk about manager, you sure manager is improvement, yeah, on the year before. And this is the ultimate Cinderella story in Scottish football. Steve Clark sat in the stands when Kilmarnock were bottom of the table. No wins. No wins. And now, if they win on Saturday against Hamilton, they could conceivably catch Hibs in the, the fight for Europe. Hibs, who have came up from the Championship under Neil Lennon, gone to Ibrox twice and won, gave Celtic troubles as well. So he's improved them. You know, they've beat Aberdeen, you know, who have been the established second best team in the country for the past three years. So those two candidates, I think you have to say, in terms of what the terms of relative yeah, terms, yeah, I yeah, think I, what the what they have achieved with both clubs, get get my vote, Clark and Lennon in that order. But if your man wins, if Rogers wins a, a double treble, then custard pie in the face oh, for everybody. I think who's votes before the event, you know, that's just the way it is. Okay, well that about uh, wraps things up for this week. We will obviously be back next midweek to reflect on the derby this Sunday. Thanks Liam for joining us and thanks again Tony. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it's available and if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks again for listening.